Have you come to bless the Lord? Let's give him praise this morning, church. He is worthy. Lord, we lift you up in this place right now. We glorify you. Lord, we make this service about you today, oh God. For we come to bless your name. Hallelujah. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. And Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us. You're worthy of all our praise Hosanna, Hosanna, and come on your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. And with a sound of hearts
we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Wow. 
are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are. You are perfect in all of your ways. 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 You are perfect in all of your ways.
All right, guys, if, if you did not get to sign up, please throw your hand up. If you're a father, come on, Rita and, and Byron, step into action here. If you did not fill out a little card this morning, I want you to let us jot your name down before we do this drawing. Anybody, don't be ashamed because you might not win. All right, come on, Byron. Let's go. We gave them the opportunity. All righty. Byron, you want to do the drawing for me? You might as well wake up here, buddy. You, you did all that. You might as well. You ready? Can't look. That's like the rule that we have around here. All right. And number one, Chris Chavis. Come on, Chris. And man, rightfully so. Y'all don't know that Chris has been doing all the work out here for us, and he won't let me pay him a dime. I've tried my best to. He just wants to give us time to the Lord, and man, he is doing a great job out here getting our playground ready, so let's give him a hand for that as well while he's up here. Thank you, Chris. Glad you got something today. God bless you. All right, we just got another name added. It's never too late. Dean Harris, come on down, Dean. Uh, I'm going to draw one this time. You're not drawing my name, so I got to... Make sure things being done right here. Chad Keith, come on down. Chad Keith. Literally, come on down, Chad. You go ahead, buddy. It's your turn. Yeah. All right, David Monroe. Where you at, David? There goes David. Come on down. All right, in the sound booth, Dylan Baldwin. Come on down, brother, get it. Come on and get yours. All right. Herschel Eads, I believe Herschel wins every year, I love it. Favor's not fair, my friend. Favor's not fair. All right, let's go. All right. And I wrote this one for him. Ray Mize, come on down. All right. I've got, this may be a latecomer, right? Brother, is uh, Carol Chavis here? There you go, Carol. I see you right here. Carol Chavis, come on down, brother. All right, we got two more to go. All right, brother Scott Stone. Scott, there he is. All right. Yep, Scott's about to grab that Walmart card for that gas, right? That's what you're doing. All right, I got Mike McKinney. Mike McKinney, where you at, Mike? All the way in the back. There we go. Mike, it looks like you're going to be shopping on eBay tonight. So there you go. Have fun. Have fun. Go bid on something. All right, guys. God bless you all. Happy Father's Day again. We love you all. Appreciate you today. Want to make a few announcements before we get uh, on with our service this morning. 
Um, South Carolina Church of God Youth Camp will begin in just a few weeks. See Ann uh, Barnhart or Dylan and Hillary Baldwin if you would like to participate in that, or your kids rather. Uh, also, we have VBS is coming up. VBS is going to be July 17th through the 20th. Uh, we got some exciting things going on. On July 17th, we're going to have a petting zoo. That's fun, folks. I'm excited about that. All right, that's fine. We can have baby piglets. That's right. Baby goats. Anything baby's pretty, right? Cute. So it's going to be a fun day. They're going to set up. We'll have um, our gathering in the gym is where everything will start. We'll do our intro there, opening, and then we'll be having uh, spending probably a couple hours out there just having fun. Uh, on June 20th, uh, our last night, we ha always have a fun night. We'll have a water slide that night. And uh, we normally have to run the adults off of it so the kids can play. <laughs> but you come join. I know the adults wait around till afterwards and they slide down at 2 and have a ball. So be ready for that. VBS workers, please note July 9th at 4 p.m. Decorating for VBS will be going on. Also want to give you an update. Phase 2 timeline, playground installation. Um, hopefully July the 11th. That's hopefully just in time for VBS. We're hoping to get it done the week before. That's the plans. We'll see if that happens, but pray that it does. The remodel in the sanctuary will begin, Lord willing, August the 8th. That's in the sanctuary when they start tearing out stuff. Our ultimate goal is to be back in the sanctuary no later than September the 18th. So that means we'll be transitioning from here and having our service in the gym for those weeks uh, upcoming. How many of you like new doors today? I told you they were coming, man. Thank God. I can actually see now. I can see people coming in. Feels good. October the 9th, Celebration Sunday. It's actually 76 years that the church has been here. We're going to go old school and have a fun time. We're going to have a homecoming-style meal that day in the gym following the service. How many of you are ready to break bread together? Anybody? Amen. So that's the day that we're going to be able to come back together. I'm excited about that. And we're going to celebrate the church and what God is doing. Uh, go ahead and play for me, if you would, there, Susan. I just want to give a few prayer requests, continue prayers for, for Bonnie Moody today, also for George Latour. I also have a special request for Johanna Battis, uh, I believe is the way you say her last name, and Joe, I call her Joe. that's what she likes being called. She comes, sits right back here every Sunday, uh, faithful to the church. Uh, Johanna's husband, Nick, is going to be having heart surgery this coming Monday. I was with them Saturday in the hospital, and so let's be in prayer for them that everything would go, go as planned. Father, today we enter into your presence. Today we glorify your name above every other name. For at the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses that you are Lord. Today we pray that you would bless every father here as we celebrate Father's Day. We ask a special blessing on them today. A blessing that as they lead their families forward, that you would give them the vision of God in their heart, a burning desire to serve you, to love you, to be a witness to their family, to their community. Empower them to be the leader that you have called them to be today. Father, we pray that you would bless each request I just gave in for those that have been struggling with sickness, that you would bring a healing to their bodies. We believe this in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare today that this service will be blessed. We declare today that when we leave this house, we will say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Anoint your servant today. Let me speak the words that only you would say. And we will give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's give that choir a hand clap this morning. Thank you, God. If you come today to receive the word of the Lord, are you ready for what God is about to say to us in this house? I want to go to the book of Exodus chapter 20, if I may, this morning. Exodus chapter 20. If we could, um, you've probably heard this one before, I'm sure. But I want to go to Exodus chapter 20, and let's go to verse 18. That's where we're going to go this morning. And verse 18, now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning, the flashes, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, notice the wording very closely, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. Verse 21, so the people stood afar off. But Moses, somebody say, but Moses, I love it. But Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. I, I, I want to deal today with a topic entitled, an invitation for intimacy with God. An invitation for intimacy with God. I was thinking about invitations, and I'm sure some of you have received them in the mail. I have gotten invitations to birthday parties. I have gotten invitations, many of you have this season, graduation invitations. I have received meal invitations, RSVP, that says we're going to be doing a Gideon's lunch, and if you can come, let us know. It's an invitation. I have even received wedding invitations. In the back, as you're walking out on either side, there's a thing called a church invite card. You ought to use them sometimes. That's called a church invitation. But when you send an invite to someone, what you are doing them is you are requesting their presence at the event that you're going to. I want to tell somebody today that I feel like God is sending an invite to every one of us today. And it is an invite to an intimate relationship with Him like we've never known before. The problem that I have is there's some people that are going to show up. There's other people that aren't going to show up. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the folks that actually does show up to church. That shows up to where God is. To show up to where the presence of God and the anointing of the Spirit is moving. Now as I read to you this morning, I begin to think that what we're dealing with here is the people of Israel. Uh, it is the first time in their history in this way that they have an opportunity to draw near to God like they've never known before. They have an opportunity. They've never had this before. They've always had to stand off. But today in our text, God has given them an opportunity to come closer to Him and experience Him in a way that they have never experienced Him before. 
But they were used to something that had really burnt them. They were used to having Moses speak to God for them, right? And to hear from God, for even from the beginning, whenever we have Exodus and the bondage in Egypt, what did Moses go? He went and said, thus saith the Lord. Can I tell you, it's good to have somebody that will speak into your life. I have had prophets that have spoken over my life and, and told me things that were coming. We just had a, a Lord Morgan, some of you may have watched his broadcast on Channel 16, just passed away, went to be with Jesus yesterday on his birthday. He was a prophet in my life, spoke things over me that I saw come to pass very, very quickly. As a matter of fact, within a week of, of the word that he spoke over my life, it happened. And so I've had people that have spoken into my life, and I thank God for those people. And everyone needs somebody in their life like that. They need a Moses. They need somebody that can say, thus saith the Lord. Or I was praying last night, and God put you on my heart, and this is what he told me to tell you. We need people like that in our life. The problem is that sometimes we become too dependent on those people. To where we want them. What does God say for me? I'm going to tell you something today. I don't want to know what you say God said for me. There comes a time in our relationship with God that we've got to grow to a level of intimacy and relationship with Christ ourselves that we can enter into the presence of God and God can speak to you. Instead of just speaking to the pastor and saying, oh, you go. and tell. There's some people that all they live for is a word from God on Sunday morning. If I could just get the church and hear a preacher preach, if he could just speak into my life, and I hope I do today, but God wants to bring you so much closer to him than just listening to a preacher preach on Sunday and tell you what God has already said in his word. Amen. He needs some people that will draw near to him so he can draw nigh unto them. And so in our text, God is offering a new deal to the people of God. If you want to come up here with me, you can, right? If, if you want to break through, then you can enter in. Forget about the veil. Oh, praise God. Forget about the holy of holies in your tabernacle. Today, if you want to enter into my presence, all you've got to do is walk up the mountain and come into this cloud of glory that is up here. You can have my presence just like Moses has my presence. You can have my words and hear from me just like Moses hears from me. You can have intimacy with me. Now I know some people when they think intimacy they only think physical. But it is so much more than that. By terms of definition the word intimacy is a feeling of being close to someone. That's what intimacy is. It's a love. It is when you're walking through the line. And, and somebody just lost a loved one. And you wrap your arms around them. And you squeeze them. And, and they're crying on your. That's intimacy. That's a moment when that person says. Man I can feel like this person is close to me. They love me. They care about me. And this is exactly what Jesus wants. It can be emotionally connected. It can be a feeling of support. And there's four different types of intimacy. But that's not what I'm preaching on today. I just want you to understand that God is wanting a personal experience with you. And instead of having a personal encounter, the children of God demanded and said, Moses, you go back. 
back up the mountain. You pray to God and you get a word from the Lord and then you can come back down here where we are and you can tell us what God said to you. See, there are a lot of people that in church who, who come and they praise God. But they don't really want true intimacy with Him. They say to a preacher, you, you get intimate with Him, right? You, you, all right? you go get in your prayer closet. Isn't that what God said? Go into your prayer closet and pray. And God's going to come down and give you what, we, what I used to preach on. It was called a closet revival. You and God alone, nobody else, no music, no preacher, no nothing but you and Jesus in a closet. Some of the best times you'll ever have in your life. If you haven't done it, you ought to try it. You ought to, somebody say, well, my closet's small. That's even more intimate, right? Smaller space. You're all crunched up, bent up. Praying and talking to God. But you're alone. He said when you enter into this club. But there's some people that they come to church. And they, they say yeah I'll praise God on Sunday. But what I need you to do preacher. Is I need you to get in your closet this week. And then I need you to tell me. What God's saying. Just like Israel did. Tell me what God tells you. But God is wanting to say to us today. The same thing that he is saying to his people Israel. I brought you out of sin. Does anybody remember that day? that the Lord saved you I brought you out of sin I have done wonderful things in your life I mean I've blessed you I've healed you at times I've brought you through financial distress I've helped you through your emotional needs I have been there for you every time you called on me was I not there God is speaking to us today. I have led you. I have blessed you. I have provided for you under my cloud is what he's telling his people. But now I am inviting you to go past your temple worship. And I am inviting you to come into the holy place. The question is will you accept my invitation today? And I feel like that God is saying the same thing to us. Will you accept my invitation? Is there anybody in this house that is sick and tired of status quo living? Is there anybody in this house that is tired of mediocrity and just getting by in your life? I mean it. Are you tired of it? Somebody's waiting for a seven-point plan to tell you how to do it. I don't have one for you today. But I do have an invite from you that the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you today. That God can turn your situation around. If you'll walk up the mountain and enter into this cloud that we call the glory of the Lord. The anointing of God. But you have got to be willing to accept the invitation. Now don't raise hands because I don't want you to hurt anybody's feelings. But how many times have you gotten that invite to <laughs> Ripped it, threw it in the trash. Y'all know I haven't done that. Don't even try to judge me right now. For your information, my wife hangs it on our refrigerator. So don't even go there with me. You know sometimes you just throw it away. There's some invites. I've had RSVP and I feel ashamed. Sometimes I just didn't even respond. I probably should have and I just didn't. I'm saying there's some invitations that I'm going to tell you I have not accepted. And I'm afraid, spiritually speaking... That there's some invites that we've gotten from God through the years. 
And we've turned him down. And I really feel bad for that. Because after all that God has done for me. And I'm going to tell you, God's done a lot for me. After everything that God has provided for me. After all the good things. I'm telling you, even the things that I'm not even aware of today. That God did for me. I feel bad that I have rejected some of his invitation. But I've made up my mind. I'm going to be like Moses. And I'm going to walk into the glory. And I don't care what the children of Israel do. I don't care if they sit there at the foot of the mountain all day long. I'm going up with Moses to where the glory is on the mountain. The invitation. So the question is, are you going to do like Israel and walk away? That's what they did. They started walking away. Are you going to ascend to the mountain of intimacy with God? Are you going to get to the place that you begin to cry, Lord, I want your presence in my life. Are you going to get to the place that you begin to say, Lord, I can't make it without your presence? Or are you going to get to the place that you're going to get to say, you know what? I'm tired of hearing about everybody else's experiences. I'm tired of Moses coming down and telling me about the finger of God writing on Ten Commandments. I wish I'd have been there to see it. I am so sick and tired of a preacher telling me what God used to do. I am so tired of hearing my grandparents talk about the church in the 1950s. I am sick and tired of that. I want to have an experience for myself. Do you know what's happening in America right now? It's happening in the church too. We are losing generations. We're losing them. They're going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm going to tell you something. What we have lost is the stories. We've lost them. Because we have lost our intimacy with God to experience that kind of things that are happening in the church. Watch it. Let me tell you. I can tell you experiences that happened in my childhood. There's some of you today, you've never seen some of the things I've seen. Never have. Never have. There's some of you that have. There's some of you that have seen a healing take place. There's some of you that have witnessed things that were impossible. We have in our church, actually. So, so we've seen these type stories and these things that are happening. But I've seen some things that, man, are crazy. I mean crazy stuff. You just can't make this stuff up. But our children is coming behind us. And to every father out there today, even though I didn't call this how to be the best father of the year sermon, God has set you as the leader of the household. And I'm going to tell you, Daddy, you better get some stories to tell your kids. If the only story you can tell your kid is about what you heard your grandma talk about her mama and what happened for her, then you better grab the horns of the altar. You better climb up the mountain. You better accept the invitation and let God do something in your house that your children are alive and they see it for themselves. But we've got those that, I I, I want that. I want that. I'm coming up this mountain after you. I was reading yesterday. Do you know what God was attracted to more than anything in the Old Testament? It's interesting. It was the smell of burning flesh. Isn't that disgusting? My best friend is a mortician. And he told me the worst thing you can ever smell actually is human flesh is what he would say. And said it's a stench like you've never known But back in the day, they used to burn animals all the time, right? That's the sacrifice. That's what they did. And then when you read in your Bible, and it's like, 
Woo, that's a sweet aroma in the nostrils of God. Who likes that? But God did. And I'm starting to figure this thing out. I opened up Romans. Look, look at Romans chapter 12. I figured this out. Because I'm learning. We don't do sacrifices anymore. But God, this is what Paul said. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your what? Your bodies. I want you to lay yourself on the altar. Your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and even perfect will of God. I'm figuring out what God wants from me now. After all these years, He just wants me. He wants me. He doesn't want my talent. Oh my God, y'all ain't going to help me preach today. He don't want my giftings. All He wants is me. And when I give Him myself, and I become the living sacrifice. God says, man, that's a sweet smell in my nostril. Now the gifts will automatically work. Now the talent will automatically come out. But it does not happen until first we submit ourselves completely to the will of God. And God is contract, uh, gets attracted to that. The flesh on the altar. God is saying to us today, what do you not understand? The things that you don't understand may be on the other side. Of the mountain. And when you get alone with me as you climb. You're going to learn some things as you get to the other side. When you're on this side of the mountain. And you're looking up at the presence of God as you're climbing up. You're questioning why is this happening? Why is this happening? But when you get into the presence of God. Everything looks different when you look at the other side. Are you with me? Because when you get in the presence of God, the peace of God comes on you in a way that you cannot even express. You cannot even explain it. And God is wanting to take you through that. He wants you to understand what you're going through. See, with Israel, they were going to the promised land. There's mountains they have to cross. You are never going to get to the promised land until you come up here and you meet with me. And guess what? That generation, other than Joshua and Caleb, are the only ones that got inside of Canaan land. They missed out on the invitation that God had given them. I was thinking the other day that one of Satan's greatest tricks is he gives us, if I can say it this way, false finish lines. Does anybody know what a finish line is? Pretty simple, right? It's the finish line. What's the finish line mean? It means it's over. I mean, I've never seen a marathon runner run through the finish line and just keep on running for a couple more miles. When he got to the finish line, he threw his hands up, grabbed the Gatorade, and jugged it down. The finish line is it. And I think that the trickery of Satan oftentimes will give us a false finish line, if I can say it that way. He just keeps showing us these, these false finish lines. So we get to this place and we think, all right, here it is. Here's the deal. When I got saved, I crossed over that line. Praise God, it's over. God said, man, you crazy. That ain't it. That's just the start. I need you. I need sanctification. I need you to fall on the altar. I need you to give me everything. So when Satan figures out that you're one of these that's going to climb up the mountain, you will not sit there while the presence of God's moving up there. 
And so when he figures out, well, I can't do anything else with him, false finish line. He throws up there's art. Attain your sanctification. And people get their sanctification. That's it. Praise God. I made it. And God's saying, no. No, 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 no. You're, you're not even there yet. There, there's so much more. And then next thing we know, well, we want the Holy Spirit like everybody else. Man, we want that anointing. Praise God. Saints, it's hard. I can't stop them, so I'll give them a false stand. If I could just make them stop at the Holy Spirit, get them a little lukewarm maybe, then everything would be all right. I can work through this. But they go through the finish line and think that's it. But then God says, wait a minute. There's more for you. There's gifts of the Spirit. There's gifts of wisdom, discernment, and healing and prophecy. My Lord, hallelujah. Satan is trying his best to stop us. But what I'm trying to tell you today, that I have good news. The devil has been showing you false finish line. Because this is what Paul said. He said, God said that you can go from glory to glory. That means there is no finish line with God. There's only glory to glory. Higher and higher. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. There is always an invitation. For more. Ooh. See this is where Satan gets us at folks. Have I got any people been saved 25 years? 40. Praise be to God, hallelujah. Some of you have been saved 50 years, right up in here. If we're not careful, we'll get comfortable in our salvation. Our Savior, our Holy Ghost, we'll get comfortable. We get in this little rut and we think, here I am. I have attained. And God is looking at the new convert and he's looking at the 50-year veteran and he's saying there's more for the new convert and there's more for this old child of God over here. You will never reach a place that God says this is it. There is always higher ground and that's what I'm trying to get somebody to understand in this building that God is wanting to take you. I don't care if you're a little lower than I am right now. All I'm trying to get you to do is go a little higher. A little higher. All right. Pastor Jimmy's got to quit. Here we go. Give me a few more minutes. So what we tend to settle for is low commitment, low involvement levels with lots of thrills and chills. And in the famous words of some, I got goosebumps. But we're running into a problem. And the problem with the church, all we want to do is date God. Y'all still with me? We don't want to marry God. See, there's people that go to get married. Let me tell you why they don't get married. Commitment. Am I right? Somebody am I preaching right? <laughs> because with marriage, there's another level of intimacy. Is everybody still with me? We're going to a higher place. It is not just Jennifer, I appreciate you going out and date with me last night. I'm gonna go date another girl next week, but but you know, we'll see you. Dating, you may be able to do that. But marriage, no, honey. You're mine and you die. And even after I die, you're still mine. For I am a jealous husband. <laughs> He's a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. Anyhow, I'm sorry for that rabbit trail. Here we go. 
But marriage takes it to another level. And that's why we don't value it anymore. But when we say those vows, man, I'm telling you before God and people, man, it's such a sacred, serious moment that many don't understand. People, some people, they get married nowadays, they think, I already got my lawyer on reserve just waiting to make it happen. I get tired of them. I'll get some papers on your butt. That ain't no way to live. Can I tell somebody today that I'm afraid that we've done that with God? Because God is wanting commitment. God is not wanting half of us. God is not wanting to share me on the weekend with Him at church and then during the week sharing with the devil and the world. That is not the way God, that's why God said I'm a jealous God. Either you are mine or you are not mine at all. Either you're a friend of God and an enemy of the world or you're a friend of the world and you're an enemy of, of mine. Oh, God have mercy. So I'm telling you, this is what I'm finding out. It is a powerful, powerful thought today. The last time I looked in my Bible, and I just looked at it today, he was not looking for a date. He was looking for a spotless bride that he was going to come after. Somebody ought to say amen. He was looking for a bride that would be intimate with him. He was looking for a bride that would pray, that would fast. That would get close to him. To give him or herself to him on the altar completely. God's not interested in dating you. He wants to marry you. Woo! I know some of you wanted to come and you want me to get you to shout and all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? We can. We're climbing up the mountain, honey. There's plenty of time to shout when we get up there. But the issue is we've got to get you up there. Oh God, He wants us to move to this, to this new level. He wants us to pursue Him, chase after Him in a way we've never ran after Him before. It is a Jeremiah 29, 13. If we will seek Him with our whole heart, He will be found by us. There's an interesting little game, alright, and it's called hide and seek. What's the rules? <laughs> the rules are simple. You hide, and then I am going to come, and I'm going to find you. Now, I want to tell you something. God's had to find me a lot. I've been Peter that has strayed away. I have been Peter that when I should have prayed, I followed afar off. But like the old song said, he came looking for me. Kind of like Adam. He's in the garden. It's like a game of hide and seek. When he comes in the garden, the intimacy that they shared was that every evening at the cool of the day, no need walking in the sun, honey. The cool of the day, we get together and we take a straw. We talk to each other like friends. This is the reason that man has been created for intimacy, closeness with the Creator. The creation has been created to worship and to honor and to love. All that God ever wanted with man was relationship. And so in the cool of the day, we walk together. We talk like friends. But one evening, Adam doesn't show up. It's a standing invitation, right? All right. Every evening, you come, I come, 
It's a date. It's set. Let's do it. Invite. But one day, Adam decides, I'm not showing up. And what does God say? Adam, where art thou? Where are you? You have hidden yourself from me. And I feel like that's often what we've done. But God is wanting to touch us. I'm telling you, God is wanting to do something. I'm afraid that there's times that God shows up and He's saying, Jimmy, where are you? I'm afraid there's times that He's saying, Phyllis, where are you? I'm afraid that there's times He's saying, Johnny, where are you? Uh, where, where are you, Scott? I'm afraid there's times that God asks us, where are you? We haven't talked in a while. We haven't walked together in a while. We haven't been intimate. We haven't been close in a while. That's all that I want is this closeness. Oh, so you're at this Mount Sinai moment. I've got a God on the top saying, come up a little higher. Come on. There's a place by me for you. There is so much more that I'm going to do in you. There is so much more I want to give you. There are so many things I want to tell you. Just come on up the mountain. Do not run away. But in my text, the Bible clearly tells us that Moses went up and the people of God ran the other way. If you want to enter into the throne zone, you have to learn to worship. You're at the mountain. The question today, and I'll leave you with this, is are you coming, going up or are you going to stay down? That is the question today. Are you going to hunger and thirst after God and His righteousness? Are you longing to have an intimate relationship with Him? Are you going to wait for God's man to come down and tell you what it was like up there on the mountain? Man, I had a prayer service last week. Woo! Man, I had a vision. You're saying, man, wow, that must be awesome. I had a dream last night and the Lord was speaking to me in it. I had prayed for something God showed me in a dream. You're saying, my Lord, that must be great. And the whole time thinking, I got an open invite too. It's the same God, the same Holy Spirit. Why am I going to sit here and have saliva running out my mouth thinking, man, that sounds good. Man, I'd love to have that happen to me. And God's saying, all you got to do is come up this mountain. Come towards me. We are not called to date anymore. We are called to be committed and married to him to the point that we say, God, I live for you. I get up every morning and move and breathe because of you. I'm not satisfied down here at the foot of the mountain. I am coming to a higher level of intimacy with God. Does anybody here in this church? feel the same way are you satisfied hearing about it or do you want to experience intimacy with God come on the piano I'm closing I'm closing we we do not somebody say do not do not we do not have to settle for less than what God has for us we do not have to settle for being at the foot of the mountain, being in the congregation, and watching God move in the holy place, hallelujah, up here on the pulpit. God says you do not have to live in past truth. That is past blessings. That is past miracles. There is present truth. There is greater revelation. There is a now revelation. There 
is a glorious presence of God that can be attained right now by each and every one of us. You know, sometimes as a leader, I despise hearing about the glory days. Every church I have ever pastored, and I started at 21 years old, every church I have ever pastored talked about the good old days. The glory days. I got sick of hearing about it. And the reason I got sick of it is because they were limiting God to one mountaintop experience. But see, I serve a God that doesn't just move in one event. He's not just a catalyst that changes one thing and shifts it a paradigm and walks on. He's a God that as long as I'm close to Him and He's close to me, we live in the glory days, baby. And I prophesy over this church that we are in our glory days. I said I prophesy to this church Quit looking at 1980 and 90 and 2000. I'm telling you, move past it. Because God is here and He's working right now. If you choose to live in the past, I'm going to say this as delicately and sweet as I can in my own special Purdue fashion. If you are living at the foot of the mountain in the past, you are going to stay there. Because you have decided in your heart that the best that's ever going to happen has already happened. You are one of the ones at the foot of the mountain. And all you're doing is looking up. And if you're not careful, you can sit right here in the middle of a revelation now. In the middle of a blessing now. And you can miss out on what God's doing. But I need to know if there is anybody in this church with me that will leave the foot of the mountain. Quit living lukewarm lives and go to a higher place. And and get on fire for God. And walk in a new anointing and a new power. I need to know is there anybody... Right, I'm gonna leave you with this. Her name was Vernell Ganey. I told I've told this story probably several years ago. I got three minutes. Her name's Vernell Ganey. She's a little lady. She's kind of got a hump back now. She's in her 80s. She walks really slow. When she walks in the church, she holds each pew. She's getting weaker. She's getting older. I'm a teenage boy. She sits on the third pew of the church, right side from the pulpit. After church, every service, I develop a habit to where I want to go and I want to hear about what God's done in her life. Right? Old saint. And she begins to tell me things. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. This, you mean the God that I serve can do that? call this heaven church uh-huh. I guess the pastor probably hated Sister Vernell Ganey because she'd get me so stirred up sometimes I'd get up and I'd testify we used to have an old fashioned testimony service anybody remember those 
If those going for you, just let somebody talk. And if they got too long, you all right, sit down, shut up. It's time for somebody else to go. Get under submission to the leader. Bless God. We have testimonies. Everybody jump up. I said, you know what? Pastor, I've been talking to Sister Ganey, and I'm going to tell you something. Man, I'm sick and tired. I used to say this. I'm just a 15, 16-year-old kid. I said, I am sick and tired of hearing y'all talk about the move of God. I want to see it for myself. I mean, you know that pastor had to hate her, right? He just had to. But what's special about her was not those times. What's special about her is one day when my mother ran by to give her something or another. I can't remember what it was, food, something. But I remember we went into her little house, just a little house, little place. I remember just kind of tight. Maybe been a single line. I don't know. It was a little one. And I remember sitting there in the living room, and Mama got ready to go. And I said, Mom, is there any way, you know, she was going to clean the church. First off, I can get out of cleaning the church. That's a plus, right? Just let me stay here with Sister Ganey, and, and I, I'll be a good fellow. I'll watch after her, whatever she needs. I, I will, I'll be the servant. I'll take the low road of humility. Just leave me here. Well, Sister Ganey, are you all right with that? To which she said, oh, yeah, yeah, let him stay, let him stay, that's fine. And so after that one-on-one, only time I'd ever been able to do that, right? Just, just me and her. Normally it's people around, but, but now it's just me. She, all of her attention on me, all my attention on her. And I begin to say, Sister Ganey, you know, just, just, just tell, me, tell me a few more stories. I, I want to hear some. And she said, well, son, the greatest thing that ever happened in my life, she said, my husband, Doc, she said he died. I'm thinking that's the greatest thing that ever happened to you. But that wasn't the end of the story. That's just the way she started. But she told me, she said, Doc had been sick. She said, they had him on hospice, whatever. They said he was going to die. I wasn't looking too good. And I had to run to the store to get something. And she said, by the time I got back, she said there was EMS ambulances. There was cops all around. The coroner's out there. She said, I thought, oh gosh, what's happening? He must be dead. She said, I saw him run into the house. When I went to run into the doors, she said, they grabbed me and said, Miss Katie, you don't want to see that. He's gone. Just stay here. She said, that's my husband. I got to get to my husband. I got to get to the dog. Just, just let me know. No, Miss Katie, just, just, just wait. They're, 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 they're got to pronounce him dead. They're doing all that. They did that a while ago. And, and, and they're getting him cleaned up. They're getting him ready. The funeral home's coming. And, and they'll set it up. They'll let you see him. No, no. I've got to see him. And she kept pressing him finally. He said, all right. Just, just, have you got him cleaned up good enough? Just, she just wants to see him. Just let her. When she comes in, she said, there was a white sheet that was covered up over him. She said, they told me, son, he had been dead for 18 years. And, she, and about that time, old sister Ganey, like she did, she jerked her head. And she started speaking in tongues. I, you talk about Holy Ghost cold chills run from your head to your feet. When that little woman started speaking in tongues, man, it just, you know, oh, God of mercy. Felt like the anointing just flooded the whole room. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. What in the world happened you wait till my pastor hears my next testimony. I'm really going to let him hold it now. She said, son, I ran into that room. I looked at him. I thought, oh, God, he's dead. They've been married for years and years. said, I just pulled the covers back. I kissed him on the head. I 
told him how much I loved him, how I hated him. I wasn't there with him when he died. She said, I went to turn around. I went to walk out the door. She said, when I went to walk out the door, something like the Holy Ghost. She said, I heard an audible voice over my head that said, Vernell, turn around and call his name. Open his mouth, Vernell, and call his name. She said, I thought, really? So she turns around. She said, I went over to Old Doc. I opened his cold mouth that was shut tight and I pulled it open. She said, I got down there and I said, Doc. God said, Vernell, I said, call his name. She said, I mustered up the voice. I said, Doc. The third time, God said, Vernell, call his name. And he said it was like a scream. And she said, I opened that man's mouth. And with faith inside of me and the Holy Ghost rising up, I said, Doc Ganey, rise up. And said immediately, the white sheet came off. He had been dead for 18 minutes. God raised that man from the dead. Now, I want to tell you something. As a 15-year-old kid, it is impossible to hear that kind of faith and that kind of story and not leave and go curl up in a closet somewhere and say, God, if you can do that for her, you can do it for me. But I know what it is. I know what it is. She got an invitation. She accepted it. And I'm trying to tell somebody today that with God all things are possible. And I am telling you, it is time for us to climb this mountain. And it is time for us to get to a place of intimacy with God that we've never been before. It is time for us, the church, to get closer to God than we've ever gotten before. I'm going to tell you something. As bad as this world is, somebody said, I need the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't even go to Walmart if I knew I didn't have the Holy Ghost with me. If we've ever needed God, we need Him now. If there's ever a man of God that needs to preach under the anointing, it is right now. If there's ever a child of God that can lay hands on somebody in the Walmart parking lot and set them free, it is now. Now. Let's stand, God. God help us. Lord, Do something in our lives like you've never done before. Get a hold of us with such a degree that we can't get over it. To such a degree, like Jacob, when we leave, we'll never walk the same. Call me to a higher place. Give me the strength to make the journey. Don't let me just live in the past. Let me live in the here and now. You're a great God. There's nothing you can't do. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray today because I don't want to leave without giving you that opportunity. There's somebody here today say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. God's called me to the mountain. I want you to accept the invitation today. That's all I'm saying. I want you to accept the invitation. Come into His presence. Come into his presence. 
come into his presence and say, God, give it to me. Give it to me. I know I've been distant lately. I know we haven't talked as much as we used to. I know our relationship has kind of been on the rocks. But God, I want to get back to intimacy with you. I want to get back to this closeness with you. Sing, Brian. I want to get back to this closeness. Place with God you've never been. 